This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hegestilianos. As a teaching pastor for almost 30 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. God's plans for us are ever-evolving. In this wonderful pre-Christmas message, Pastor Ray introduces us to two very special people that God knew would do His will, fit His plan, and carry out those plans just as He wished. We have all heard many times how Mary and Joseph, obedient, trusting, and willing, were perfect for helping fulfill God's heavenly plan of redemption. Another perfect for God's plan was John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus and son of Elizabeth and Zechariah, pastor's subjects today. Although little is known of John's parents, their story speaks volumes of the blessings of obedience, the ministry of angels, faith, and the power of the tongue. This message will amaze you with the Bible principles taught through it, especially the power of obedience, and will help all listeners better understand God's ever-evolving plan designed just for you. Now, here's Pastor Ray and more on Elizabeth and Zechariah. I want you to open to the book of Luke, Luke's Gospel. And today, um, it being Christmas, I thought we would talk about some events that lead up to um, the Christmas story about the birth of Jesus. And we're going to start today talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth. And then next time we're together, which will be on Christmas Day, we'll continue the story, uh, you know, and talk about the birth and some of the things that uh, we can find, some of the uh, lessons we can learn from uh, all of the events that surrounded the birth of Jesus. But today I wanted to start here in Luke's Gospel and talk about these characters. Now, isn't it interesting that when, well, let me say it this way. God's got a plan. How many of you know that? God has a plan and God's plan is forever evolving. And the very interesting thing is that God has a plan, but when he has a plan, he also has people in mind to do and to fit and to fulfill his plan. Um, you see, each and every one of us, whether you realize it, recognize it, or understand it, each and every one of us um, are part of God's plan. In other words, you're not here by accident. You're not in this earth by accident. You are not a mistake. You are made with a divine purpose. And you are made for a divine plan. And God is wanting and willing to use us, but God needs your help and God needs your participation and your obedience. Come on, somebody give me a better amen than that. So, so we see that in this particular time, period of time that the Bible is writing about here, we see in, in the pages of the Bible, uh, Jesus is about to come back, uh, come to earth and as a child to fulfill the prophecies that were spoken of him throughout the whole Old Testament. We don't have time to go through them, but you know them. They're found in Isaiah, for unto us a child is born, given, a son is, you know, you know, you know all of it. I can't quote it off, but off the top of my head accurately, so I better not quote it at all. But, um, but you know the verses, and a virgin shall, you, there will be a sign, a virgin will give birth to a son, and They'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So these are all of the signs that, that um, God was giving. But now is the time for Jesus to be born. But before Jesus could uh, be born, there was something else that had to happen. And there was a man named John that had to come about. 
And the plan, the plan was that John would be the forerunner of Jesus. He would be the one that would point everyone to Jesus. He would, he would go ahead of him and, and he would say, you know, prepare yourselves, make your way straight for the coming of the Lord. And then on the right moment of time, when Jesus appeared um, at the, for baptism, John would point to him and say, that's the one. Behold the Lamb of God. He's the one who comes in the name of the Lord. He's the one who God has spoken about. So John had to be born. So God used Zacharias and Elizabeth uh, to bring forth John. Now there's some lessons that we're going to learn today, and specifically uh, one lesson that I want to hone in on in these particular verses. So let's read it, and then I'll make my comments as we move along. Let's start in verse 5. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, of the division of Abiah, His wife was of the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. I'm sorry, did I give you the wrong? What chopped up? My voice? Somebody help me. Did I say what? What did I say? I didn't tell you? You're supposed to know the Word of God. How, how much, see, that goes to show how much you're not reading your Bible. You ought to know where this is. This is the story of the birth, you know, of Zacharias and Elizabeth. I was just testing you. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. Not 5. Verse 5. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 5. I'm trying, folks. Pray for me, all right? All right. Let me start again. There was in the days of Herod. Is everybody there? There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abiah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blameless. So these were good people. They loved God. They walked in all the ways of God and the ordinances. And they were blameless. Not perfect, but blameless. In other words, they tried their very best, yet they never reached perfection, and neither will you. So stop being so hard on yourself. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And then you might turn to your wife or to your husband and say, Stop being so hard on me too. (laughs) Verse 7 says, But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So what we understand from this, um, from what the word says, is that they were older. They had never had a child. They were advanced in years. So now they're at the latter part of their lives, well, well past childbearing. So it was that while he was serving as the priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. So the priest, that was his duty to go into the Holy of Holies and to bring incense before the Lord, which was an offering. And only the priest could go into that holy place. The people are waiting outside for him to go in and they're out there praying. So it says in verse 11, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. So isn't that, isn't that amazing? Uh, let's, just, let's just stop here for a minute. Maybe you don't realize this. Maybe you don't understand this. But angels worked in that day and angels are still working in this day. 
the angel appeared before him. And it says that when the angel came, when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. I don't know. It's like he's in the temple expecting God to move and God shows up in the form of an angel and he freaks out. God's presence, you know, God, you know, bringing the presence of the Lord through the angel and he freaks out. It's like, what are you expecting when you go to church? I mean, he must have, if you go to church and you expect God to move, don't freak out when supernatural things happen. When something supernatural happens, don't get upset. Say, hallelujah, God came to visit. See, we ought to come expecting God to move and God to show himself strong and mighty in our behalf. Well, he was there and he, uh, he's, he's, you know, doing his, his thing. And all of a sudden the angel came and he freaks because the angel is there. He got spooked. Angels are still working. Angels are still. Now they don't always show themselves. They don't always, you don't always see them, but they are always around. As a matter of fact, the Bible teaches us that the angel of the Lord encampeth around those who fear him and they deliver him, deliver him. So we understand that those who fear the Lord and serve the Lord, we have an angel that's assigned to us. Right now, you think you're sitting in that chair alone, but you're not. There's an, you're sitting on an angel or whatever, however. There's an angel right here with each and every one of us. Now, you can't see them. You can't hear them. You can't, you know, you can't recognize them or perceive them with your natural senses, but they are always at work. Angels did all kinds of work throughout the Bible and angels are still working in this realm, this day and this age. Now, some people, most of the time you don't see them, but sometimes people do. Sometimes you can see into the realm of an angel and know uh, their presence or see their presence. Uh, but angels are still at work. So the angel shows up, he flips out and gets troubled because fear fell on him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. So what we learn from this particular verse is that at some point in time, Elizabeth and Zacharias prayed a prayer asking the Lord for a child. But now they're advanced in years and that prayer never came to pass until this particular moment of time. This teaches me something. That just because sometimes there's a delay in the answer to our prayers doesn't mean that it is a denial. That's right. Often what happens is we pray and we expect something to happen right now. But very often, God, there are things that God has to do. Sometimes, you know, you're praying, you're being led to pray for a particular blessing in your life, a particular need in your life. And, and you see, you're looking at your life and you're looking at your situation, but God's looking at a master plan. And sometimes the things that you want, need, or desire in your life really fit into a much bigger plan that you're not even aware of. One of the things that I found out so long ago, when God blesses you, he has somebody else in mind. When God blesses you, he's thinking of others through whom will be, will be blessed through, through you, who will receive that blessing through your life if you're obedient. So God wants to bless, but sometimes just because... You pray a prayer and it doesn't get answered right away. It doesn't mean that God didn't said no. Sometimes I don't know when, when a prayer is going to be answered. My part is to just continue my walk of faith, trusting God, confessing and believing that what I have asked for will come to pass in God's time and in the right and perfect season. Many things that I prayed for so many years ago that just didn't happen as quickly as I wanted them or expected them to happen. 
Come to find out on on this side of, of, of this experience or those experiences that had God blessed me the way I was praying at that particular moment of time, it would have killed me. I wouldn't have been able to handle the blessing. I remember when I first started this church, I was praying in the first year. I said, God, I'm believing the first year, believe we're going to have 500 people, 500 people, and we're going to be strong. Well, uh, come to find out, come to realize sometime later, if I had 500 people in that first year, it would have killed me. It would either killed me or killed them. Somebody was going to die. (laughs) Someone was going to be unhappy because I just wasn't ready to walk into that realm of ministry because God had to do, was it a denial? No, sometimes it's a delay. Sometimes it, it just doesn't happen as quickly. But you see, our part is that we must maintain our level of faith. That's really the true test of faith. Faith, it has to sometimes be persistent. Faith has to walk it out. Faith has to keep trusting and believing even when faith is not seeing or is not receiving in the natural. We've got to hold on to it and keep on believing. Now, now what happened to Zacharias, which is a pretty interesting and I'm glad that, that, you know, God hasn't dealt with me in this way. But the angel comes and says, Zacharias, your prayer is heard. In other words, your prayer is answered. And Zacharias probably scratched his head because his response, he's like, what are you talking about? He probably forgot about the prayer he prayed because he, scr- he, he must have scratched his head because the response tells us, he, the angel says, your prayer is heard, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And he go on to tell him all the wonderful things that would come about through this man, this boy, this child named John. And this is the response that Zacharias gives him. How shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. Well, this goes to prove that even though he had prayed the prayer so many years ago, that somehow he lost his faith because now he's in a place of doubt and unbelief. Mm-hmm. Here an angel of the Lord comes to him and says to him, the prayer you prayed is answered and you're going to give birth to a son, John. He's not just going to be any normal kid. This is going to be an abnormal kid. And he's going to do some really awesome things. And yet he, the, Zacharias looks to the angel and says, how could this be? I'm an old man. My wife said, are you kidding me? Are you crazy? Are you sure you went to the right Zacharias? And the angel gives him this message back and says to him, the angel says, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. I want you to underline that, underscore that, because that is an important thing to understand, that the word of God and the words that are coming from your mouth, the prayers that you are praying, the things you are believing God for, the faith you are standing on, will be fulfilled in their own time. Not your time, but their own time, his own time, because he has a plan and he has a purpose and he has a reason for doing what he does in our lives. Now, often you see, this is the plight of a lot of believers because what happens is we pray a prayer and we don't see things happen and we begin to abandon our faith. And the end result of of this, folks, is that the only way prayer will ever be answered is by faith. Faith is what connects you to God's resources. 
Faith is what takes out of the heavenly realm the resources, the needs, the wants, the desires of your life. Only by faith will it come to pass in your life. Obviously, Zacharias was in a place of doubt at this particular time. He prayed the prayer, but he was not believing anymore that it could be done. Now, now just because it took some time doesn't mean that we should abandon our faith. Just because we prayed a prayer and we're praying and we're not seeing anything happen doesn't mean that you ought to quit. It doesn't mean you ought to give up. It doesn't mean that, that you know, it, it, let me, and here's another thing that I learned from this is that it is never too late for your dream and your desire to come to pass. It is never too late for your dream and desire to come to pass. There are things I prayed so many years ago that still haven't come to pass. So what am I doing? Am I freaking out about it? No. I'm trusting God, thanking God, standing on the Word of God, continuing to serve God to the best of my ability with all of my might. And it's amazing how things begin to happen and break open in your life. You see, the problem with most people is that we're so consumed with ourselves. We put so much attention on what we want, when we want it, how we want it, the way we want it. We want it, we want it now. And we forget that, that you know, our lives are supposed to be submitted to God and His plan. His purposes. Our lives are, are not our own because our lives, the Bible said, were bought with a price. And that price was the very blood of Jesus Christ. When you come to God as a believer, when you come as a, as a person without God and give your heart to Jesus, we're supposed to just trust Him from that point on. That He, he's, he knows exactly what we need. He knows what we want even before we ask. He wants us to ask, but He knows even before we utter the prayer what we need and what we want. But it takes faith to see it through to the end. Let's, let's look at a couple of verses here. Some of this is, is familiar to many of us, but for some, this may be brand new because we have lots of new people always coming through the doors. So Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says it this way. It says, but without faith, it is impossible. Doesn't say that it's might be impossible, nearly. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So this teaches us about faith. If we're going to come to God, we can't just expect God to do for us and expect our prayers to be answered. He, it's not just enough to say, I know that there is a God. He says, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. I mean, that's the entrance. I must believe that God is. But I must also believe that he is a rewarder. How many of you know that God is a rewarder? God is a blesser. God wants to increase you. God is not the source of your trouble. So many people blame God for things. You hear it all the time, like when there's a hurricane and it destroys a whole city. Well, it was an act of God. It wasn't an act of God. It was an act of the devil. God doesn't destroy with hurricane. Come on, somebody give me a better amen. I'm preaching a whole lot better than you're saying amen. God is a rewarder. God is a restorer. God is here to help us to increase our lives, not to take away from us. You hear people say that somebody dies young and they say, well, God took her. God didn't take her. God didn't need her. Say, well, God plucked a beautiful flower from the face. You just made that up. Where did you get that kind of talk? God, God, is, God doesn't take people. The devil takes us out with sickness and disease, but God doesn't take us. You know, I, I, I heard people say that so many times too. He said, well, you know, they get a sickness or whatever 
and you've heard, them, you've heard people say this, well, God must have put this on me for something. God didn't put no sickness and disease on you. I, I, do you think there's sickness and disease in heaven? There's no sickness and disease in heaven. God doesn't put sickness and disease on people. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And anyone who comes to him must know that he is, and not just know that he is, but that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You diligently seek him, you're going to come up with God's reward. That he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. You can't just half-heartedly seek God. You've got to be a diligent seeker got to put your whole heart into seeking him, wanting to know him, wanting to know of his way. You can't be casual with God. I heard one preacher say this a long time ago, say, and I thought it was so good I I adopted it. So we have so many casualties in in the body of Christ today because we're very casual with God. A casual approach to God brings on casualties. God is serious. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Do you believe that he is? But how many believe that he's a rewarder? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God wants to reward you for seeking him in prayer and seeking after um, his ways and his word. I like this in in John's gospel, chapter 15, uh, verse 7 and 8. He says it this way. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So Jesus is inviting, this is the words of Jesus. He said, if you abide in me, and that means to hang out in him, to love him, to serve him, to live close to him. If you abide in me and my words, that means the word of God are in your heart. That's why you want to fill your heart up with this word. See, a lot of people know God or say they know God, but they don't know his word. The way that you get to know God better is that you get to know this word. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. See, God invites us to ask. He wants to bless our life. But our part is that we must maintain faith, trust, trusting him every step of the way. Over the course of my life, like I said, many things praying about, believing didn't come to pass in my time frame. So what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to get frustrated? Am I supposed to toss in the towel? So many believers today are quitting, giving up, turning around, backing off because things aren't going the way that they want them to go. Well, you know, we see a little bit of that. I mean, Zacharias was an obedient man. He was, but I just see a little bit where he just lost his faith. He was faithful in every other area, but he lost his faith for this desire of having a child. And the angel came and said, you know, you're going to give birth to this child. So much so, he lost his faith so much that he's like, how's this going to be? How's this going to happen? So he shut his mouth. And the reason why he shut his mouth is very, very simple. Because we've got to come to understand that our words are either going to condemn us or bless us. Our words have power to create. So the angel has had to say to to Zacharias, I'm going to shut your mouth. You're going to be mute because you can't screw up what God's doing here. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. 
If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you simply want to sow a gift into the work of the MTC Radio Ministry, go to livingwordchurch.org and click on the Give Online Radio Ministry tab. Or send your check to MTC PO Box 8187 White Plains, New York 10602. Pastor Ray invites you to visit Living Word Church in person or via their weekly live stream broadcast Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. But before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. This is Pastor Ray Hegistilianos. It's always a privilege to share the life-saving, life-changing Word of God with you, our listeners. And today, as always, I trust that these messages are impacting your life in a very positive way. Remember that as life's challenges come, we are more than conquerors. This has been More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray Hegistilianos and is provided by Living Word Christian Church, White Plains, New York.